Oh, you know, for years, some of you who've known me a long time already know this, but for years, I pined away, pined away for the moment of my retirement, deeply, desperately longing for it. And I just, I knew for sure that I would finally get caught up. Not, I'm sorry about this gourd, but not caught up on cleaning my house, which is a separate problem. And not uh, whittling down my really big to read pile. But I just knew somehow that I was going to truly get caught up on my rest. I just knew that I would waken every morning feeling refreshed and ready, eager even, to start the day. And in my mind, I would always cue the sound of my mother singing, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. Well, my mom sang it. It sounded better. <laughs> well, recently, if you follow me on Facebook, recently this amazing, magical day arrived. Retirement. Hallelujah. Well, blissful rest. It was awaiting me. I just, I just knew it. Well, oh, how I wish that I could make that awesome sound of a, of a videotape rewinding on, on fast rewind, that, that sort of like well, well, you know the sound I mean. I mean, who was I kidding? Rest? What on earth is that? A dear friend told me this very week that she hasn't felt rested since she was a child, several decades ago. Does that sound a bit right to you? If you are, at this very moment, 100% blissfully rested, then this sermon is going to vindicate your method, because there is only one surefire way to find rest. But if you, like me, uh, are feeling that rest constantly just eludes you, it's just always slightly beyond your grasp, then, then come with me this morning as we explore this a little. Come with me as we consider our biggest pitfall. It's on the slide. The pride of ownership. And I'm going to start right off the bat by confessing two things. The first one is that I very prayerfully sought wisdom and discernment as I determined what to preach about this morning. But nevertheless, it seems that God has chosen a sermon topic that I myself am in need of. And the second is that I am regrettably, shamefully perhaps even, a news junkie. I start my day every single day, including today, I'm sorry to say, reading CBC, the Toronto Star, the New York Times, the Washington Post, <laughs> the Atlantic, and the Guardian UK. And if I have a bit of extra time, which I didn't this morning, I also throw in the BBC for good measure. And sadly, I am not exaggerating. Gord can tell you that this is a very important, precious time of my day. I start every morning reading all of this news. And this, my friends, I can assure you, is not, at this point in history, a recipe for rest. I can proudly say, though, I don't check into CNN. And I closed my Twitter slash X account. So there's those little glimmers of hope for me. But 
you don't have to read anywhere near this many media sources to be aware of what we are faced with in our contemporary times. Uh, I'm not sure you can see all those words up there, but that hand is a stop hand. We really just want this to stop. We've got things that are weighing on us heavily that are in the world. Israel, Gaza, Ukraine, Russia, China, politics, war, terrorism, homelessness, drugs, climate crisis, fires, floods, interest rates, food prices, loneliness, grief, shame, regret, war, depression, anger, frustration, fuel prices, hostages, mass shootings, guns, tragedy, mourning, insufficient immigration, hurricanes, protests, convoys, threats, U.S. elections, tornadoes, crime, winter, medical assistance in dying, the list could go on and on and on, and you may be carrying or worrying about all of the above, some of the above, or maybe you have your own list of burdens that you are carrying that are even heavier for you than all of those. It's exhausting to carry these, isn't it? I feel like not a single adult in the world at this moment in history wakes up singing, oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Well, I have recently been rereading the incredible book by Max Licato called Traveling Light. Now, this is a book that's actually based on Psalm 23, and my mom gave it to me at a moment of genuine crisis in my life. And Pastor Licato wrote this book more than 20 years ago, but it still feels incredibly fresh and timely. And in it, he notes that as a frequent flyer, he desperately needs to pack light, just to take a, a simple carry-on. But then he also notes his complete inability to do so. He swears that he needs to be prepared for any and all contingencies, and finds himself bringing a full-size flashlight, his own toilet paper, some of his favorite foods, I mean, you know the drill. But when we are packing for our life's journey, it seldom feels like we're going to be fitting anything in an overhead bin. Instead, as Pastor Licato notes, we end up with luggage that looks more like this. <laughs> and I am certain that this guy is literally always sitting in my row on the plane, hogging all the bin space. But but more seriously, as life goes on, and especially in these heavy times, we end up, as Max Licato so rightly notes, with a suitcase full of guilt, a sack of discontentment, with a duffel bag of weariness on one shoulder and a hanging bag of grief on the other. Add to this a, a backpack of doubt, an overnight bag of loneliness, and a trunk of fear. And the lugging all of this around while it's just no wonder we can't find rest. How is this fellow even standing? Well, aren't we fortunate, friends, that we, children of the King of Kings, that we have a baggage porter. And this baggage porter reveals himself to us in his own words in the book of Matthew. Jesus is speaking and teaching in the cities here. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew. That's the first book of the New Testament. Chapter 11, starting at verse 28. And I'm reading from the version that's in the Pew Bibles here in the sanctuary. It's the New Revised Standard Version. And the first two verses are also up on the screen. 
come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is such a familiar passage and many of us know it by heart. In fact, you might even say that it is, let's see the next slide, an old chestnut. Well, an old chestnut is a story that we've heard so many times that it begins to lose its meaning. Like your dad recounting for the thousandth time how he won the championship game with his blistering slap shot from outside the blue line with two seconds on the clock. But of course, we never, ever mean to regard the precious word of God as an old chestnut. But we are failingly human, and so sometimes when we discover that the pastor is preaching on a classic passage that we have heard many, many times, we sigh or roll our eyes and think to ourselves, oh no, not that again. Or perhaps we think more charitably, oh, oh this is great, I know this one. I'm just going to have a wee nap, or a quick browse on my phone. I won't miss anything. And yet, here we are, lugging the weight of these times around with us day after day, because even if we have heard and read this particular passage many, many times, it never quite seems to fully sink in, does it? We never quite manage to fully internalize it, do we? And why is that? Because it is hard. In fact, applying pretty much everything in Scripture is hard. So hard that the Apostle Paul implores us to don armor, gospel armor, in order to make any headway in the great wide world. Well, we're going to sidestep a little here in order to test out how hard this particular passage is with a group illustration. Now, you showed me how great you are at singing for our children's song, so I know you're going to nail this. You're going to need to stand up. You know, this is very surprising and awkward in the middle of the sermon. Uh, and it's going to be really hard. I practiced it, but unless you get your parts absolutely right, I am going to falter. My voice, as you know, is a little squeaky, so Nina knows this one already, and she's going to do, I hope, uh, the alto line with me. Maybe Carolyn also, uh, and Val, because they're really solid altos. Now, we're going to sing this passage of scripture as it is written in the music of Handel in his brilliant Messiah. You're going to be singing the Messiah this morning. This very, it's very short. Uh, it's, it's number 21 from part one. That's probably already know what it is just by that. It's called His Yoke is Easy. It's this passage of scripture. And great news, it's in four parts. So you're bound to find something that fits your vocal range. Men, you probably want to look at one of the two bottom lines. Ladies, most of you will probably go with the top line. There might be, in addition to uh, my friends in the choir, there might be a few other altos out there. Now, sing with confidence. You're going to be fine. So we'll take a big breath in, and then uh, Guy will cue that up. All right, well, oh, I hope you can see it. Okay. I can't 
hear you at all. Sing a little louder. Can't sing that high. Is burden is light. Is burden is burden is light. Oh, I finished at the right spot. Come on, guys. This is this is lame. If you just kind of go, you're bound to fit in at some point. great ending <laughs> choir thank you oh you guys oh my gosh oh my gosh did I hear even one squeaking note out there well you guys did nail the finale though that was, that was awesome. I mean I have sung this many times and when I'm doing it in a performance I still have to concentrate intensely and in fact I'm performing this in a few weeks you see I have some opportunity to practice still a little bit um, but we were rehearsing this in my choir this past week, and as soon as we finished this, the person sitting beside me said, that is a blatant lie. His yoke is not easy. Well, out of the mouths of, well, not, not quite a babe, but Handel's very difficult music aside, the words of these verses do sound lovely and easy. Come to me. All you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So why can't we figure out how to do this successfully day in and day out? Handel treats these words exactly right. They are hard, and that's hard in all caps. It really comes back to that silly image of the fellow trying to board a plane with his ridiculously huge carry-on. Why is he bringing so much stuff? Because he owns it. It is his stuff, stuff that he is deeply attached to, and he can't imagine traveling without it. This is what it comes down to, folks. We cannot let Jesus porter our burdens because they are ours, our possessions. We own them, and we keep them gathered close to us. I mean, what if we let Jesus carry them even for a little bit 
and we don't get them back. We treasure the things we own, and no one, not even Jesus, is going to rob us of our possessions. Well, this is our predominant definition of ownership. The act, the state, the right of possessing something. I mean, right, that's a big word, isn't it? It holds a lot of sway over our lives. We work hard for the things we own, even the non-material things that we call burdens. And it is, it is our right. That's what we feel. It's our right to hang on to them. We work hard to earn them. We go through trials of every kind to carry them. And we become attached to our burdens. And in doing so, we inadvertently let our burdens own us. They become idols in our lives. And this notion of burden ownership always conjures up for me an image of Frodo and Sam struggling up Mount Doom to throw the one ring, Gollum's my precious, into the fires of Mount Doom to be destroyed forever, freeing them from its tyranny. Well, if you haven't read or seen The Lord of the Rings, that illustration might seem a bit odd. But even if you have no acquaintance with this image crafted by the brilliant J.R.R. Tolkien, it's still a good one. Imagine that in order to rid yourself of the tyranny of the burdens that you are carrying, the crippling burdens that make you almost unable to stand, you must go on a perilous, life-threatening journey culminating in a brutal climb up a steep, high, and very rocky mountain in order to rid yourself of the burdens by hurtling them into a vol volcanic fire. Be gone, cares of the world. Goodbye, goodbye. Take that shame and regret. I can visualize myself hurtling the cares of the world into that fire. Goodbye and good riddance. But when I visualize myself hurtling my burdens into the fire and thinking I'm never going to get them back, I confess that it makes me feel a bit anxious. And I feel almost like, no, no, I, I, I'm not really quite ready to let these go because they are mine, my precious. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. But I have good, really good news. There is an easier way, but we will never see it, never find it, never implement it if we continue to hold our burdens tight to our chest, screaming to ourselves that they are mine, 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 my precious worries, my precious hurts, my precious sorrows. Well, ownership, you know, just like with, with so many words, there is more than one definition. So let's take a look at another, shall we? I love this one so much better. Take ownership. And I'm not taking, talking about taking ownership of your new car. I'm talking about taking responsibility, being proactive instead of reactive, holding yourself accountable, practicing active listening, and most importantly, practicing managing up. Well, some of us will have heard these ideas at work, but how do we apply them to our faith? Can we apply them to our faith? Can we apply them to these words of Jesus? How can we use these concepts to find rest for our souls?
Well, step one is to be proactive. Being proactive in our faith in this instance, in this context, isn't about evangelism or outreach and missions. It's not about teaching Sunday school or singing in the choir. It's about what to do with the time that you have been given. It's something more than writing about gratitude in in your journal, although gratitude is certainly important. It's about redeeming the time that God has given you. Your time on earth is a finite resource. It's not renewable. And we'll take a, a read through the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, which is almost entirely about redeeming the time that we've been given. If you know Ecclesiastes well, you'll know that in it, it's, there's a, a verse that Shakespeare borrows for uh, one of his plays. And he says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we may die. That's the Shakespeare version. But it's lifted almost exactly from the book of Ecclesiastes. Redeem the time that you have been given. It's, it's almost certain that none of us here can realistically make a practical difference to the lives of people today in Gaza or Israel or or Ukraine. But what we can do is redeem the time every day. Take time every day. Take in the gift of peace that we have been given in this moment. We can silently give thanks every time that we turn on a tap and potable water actually comes out of it. We can stop complaining about the poor state of our healthcare or the barking dog next door or the price of bread this week. Do not squander the time that is laid before you. It is new every morning. And it is easier to let Jesus carry your burdens when you spend more time on the blessings that you have and less time focusing on those burdens. Step two is to hold yourself accountable. That is a page from a daytimer, if you can't see it well. It is impossible to let Jesus carry your burdens if you never spend any time with him. Take ownership of your relationship with Jesus. Has he made it onto your calendar? Or do you have a closer relationship with the Leafs the Jays, Facebook, Netflix? Does Jesus have a recurring appointment in your daytimer? I recently put something quite impactful into my calendar. Okay, this is really a sad little story. Every day at 4 p.m., I have a recurring appointment with myself to worry, <laughs> yeah, that's why I need this sermon, um, to worry about money. And this has transformed my life. See, retirement was going to be so great, but then I discovered the realities of it were a little different. Um, I am never, literally since I put this in a couple of months ago, when when I must say, when I first put it in, I was a little bit alarmed to see that I suddenly had an appointment with myself every day at 4 o'clock to worry about money. But I have not one time been available for this appointment. Far too busy at 4 o'clock every day, and my worry about money has actually truly disappeared. But this shouldn't be that kind of appointment. This shouldn't be the kind of appointment you pop in your calendar because you have no intentions of ever keeping it. This is the kind of appointment that you are going to keep every day. 
This is the kind of appointment that is in your calendar, and unless you have been waiting for a, a medical appointment for months and it's come up at that exact moment, this is the kind of appointment where you're going to say, no, I can't do that at that time because I'm busy. Let's challenge ourselves to add, give away my burdens into our calendars. And as I was preparing this message, I have actually added it. You can check it out on, on my phone calendar later if you want. I've added it into my calendar every morning at 9, over my morning coffee, every morning, 0900, to give away my burdens. I did it this morning, and actually it was, it was amazing. It was, it was kind of kind of thrilling. And when I put it in my calendar, I added a repeat. So it popped every day, and then it said, how long do you want to do this for? And I clicked, forever. I felt instantly lighter. I mean, only you can make yourself accountable for the time that you spend with Jesus, but maybe we could also start to make one another accountable. The next time you see me, feel free to ask me, if I have given away my burdens that day. Well, step three. The most influential relationships in our lives are the ones where we do the listening. Who or what are you listening to? You? Are you like me, gobbling up copious amounts of news every morning? Or are you addicted to social media? Are you listening to uh, voices that are not speaking the truth. When you are listening to these others, is it first thing in the morning, like me, that's not, not ideal, or maybe it's just before you go to bed, influential times in the rhythm of our daily lives. And why are you listening to who you are listening to? But let's go back to the meat of the, of the matter, to that, to that who question. If Jesus is the most important relationship in our lives. Are we listening to his voice? Are we listening for his voice? And when and how are you listening to what he needs you to hear? It's hard to actively listen for his leaning in your life when his, if his voice is being drowned out by the cacophony of the world, by the noise of our burdens that we carry in our souls, our hearts, our heads, to listen to Jesus, you must take time to be still. You can see steps one and two to think about that. And in that stillness, pray for discernment. Don't just come before the Lord with your list of needs and desires and wants. Take a lesson from St. Ignatius. Open your Bible. Pray first for illumination. Just simply pray, God, show me what it is you need me to learn from your word. And then read. Let the stillness linger. Let the silence resonate. Let Jesus shape that moment. And with practice, you will come to recognize his presence, his voice, his leaning. One of my very dear friends told me recently, this is a person who has had a, a wonderful relationship with the Lord for almost 90 years. And he told me that in that 90 years, he doesn't think he has ever once sensed the presence of the Lord. But when you have this time of stillness, 
you will come to sense Jesus with his arms outstretched to you, ready to lift that load from you and carry it, not just for that hour, not just for today, but for always. He is ready to repeat this appointment with you every day, forever. And step four, this is the most important one of all. And it's easy to find ourselves in the hashtag fail version of managing up, isn't it? Max Licato nails it when he says, oh, how we tend to go everywhere else. First to the bar, to the counselor, to the self-help book, or the friend next door, but not Jesus. Well, ain't it the truth? But instead of the hashtag fail version, let's be students of the master class in managing up. And who better to teach this master class than Jesus? Jesus managed up. He managed up his fear. He managed up his anxiety, his resistance, his ownership of his burden. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus carried the burdens of all of us. He was about to become the sacrificing atonement for all humankind. And this is a burden far greater than any that we will ever be asked to carry. And as he approached this burden, he let God be his porter when he prayed. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he prayed again. My father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink from it, your will be done. Jesus didn't take his own burdens anywhere but up, up to his father. Jesus managed up. And in doing so, he took ownership. And he teaches us from his own example. So let's think about managing up the hashtag Jesus version. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Well, I think it's time to rename this sermon Perhaps it should have been pride of taking ownership. Mm, no, no, I don't think that's quite it yet. You know, we've learned from these three short verses from this old chestnut. We've learned this. It's the pride of managing up. Take pride, my friends. Take pride in managing up for the yoke of Jesus is easy, and his burden is light. He is gentle and humble in heart, and in him you will find rest for your souls. Amen.